Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me in the very first episode of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. I am very excited about this new podcast. I really hope you will help me spread the word about this. I am brand new to many of these platforms that I am on. So anything you can do to just subscribe, like, share, uh, that will help a lot. Help me get the word out about this episode. I need you on this. And so before we get into the main subject of this first episode, I do want to share my goal for this podcast. My plan is to release new episodes every day, Monday through Friday. They will be anywhere from 30 minutes to one hour long. I'm uh, planning on having guests on this program to talk about different aspects of Bible prophecy. And I fully intend to have people on here who agree and disagree with me. I plan on doing some book reviews uh, when it comes to the subject of prophecy. And just so everyone knows, in case you are different than me on prophecy, if your name ever gets mentioned on this program, that is an invite to come on this program where you can address how I represented your position, whether I was right or wrong, and you can have the last word. I do want to be honest when it comes to addressing other people's positions on this subject. So you are officially invited if your name is mentioned on here. I do intend, if I um, am looking at the material of another independent fundamental Baptist, I'm going to make every effort I can to try to reach out to them first and invite them on the program before I address their material. If they don't want to or I can't get a hold of them, uh, again, if they don't like what they hear, they are always allowed to come on here and have the last word. I am not, I have no desire to be divisive when it comes to this subject, but it does happen to be a subject I really enjoy talking about. And that's one of the reasons I am doing this. So um, um, my goal is to put out new content on weekdays. And there will be some weeks when I re-release some of my content on prophecy from the past. If you go to my YouTube channel, Give Me Liberty Baptist, there's a lot of things about prophecy. A lot of videos I've made in the past. Some of those will probably be released again on these platforms. Uh, There will also be sermons that I will probably occasionally release on the subject of prophecy, but hopefully I'm going to put out a lot of new content like this. Uh, I'll probably do some live episodes as well when I have guests. I've got a lot of different plans. And so as of right now, you'll be able to find this podcast on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, uh, Odyssey, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And so if you are on any of those platforms, please give us a follow We'll appreciate it greatly. So what I would like to do right now, I do want to get into the very first subject that I want to cover on this podcast, and that is just theological cancel culture and prophecy. So in case you're not familiar with me and my ministry, I do want to start out by saying that I am unapologetically an independent, fundamental Baptist, emphasis on the independent. And unlike many in the IFB, my position on eschatology is one that I would call premillennial and pre-wrath or post-tribulational. I also hold to what I would call a form of replacement theology. And now that admission right there 
that will cause most of you to do exactly what you have been trained to do, and that is immediately shut me off and not listen to another word I say. And in fact, let me just give you a few seconds to do just that. Shut me off and never listen to another word I say. Now, for those of you who are still here, let me just say this cancel culture attitude, it has done more to keep people in the dark when it comes to prophecy than just about anything. And I think especially in the independent fundamental Baptist world, I'm like you. I typically, I am not interested in listening to uh, anything a heretic has to say. But people who disagree on eschatology, are they automatically heretics? Are we sure we're fighting about the same things that they were fighting about in Paul's day? And let me just say, I think it is normally a really good idea to cancel somebody. You could say, who is wrong on salvation or on the Bible version issue? No one is more ready ready than I am to just immediately shut down someone if I find out they're a Calvinist or hold to some other theological position that I find repulsive. But in the independent fundamental Baptist world, we have successfully created an echo chamber where we've shut out the voices of people who are wrong on salvation, Bible version issues, standards, separation, whatever it is we're fighting about at the time. And while doing this, we have also allowed the leaven of dispensational theology to influence our teaching on end times. And so while not everything that's associated with dispensational theology is wrong, there are many flaws in that system that has caused many great heresies to come into Baptist churches. And so think about it. We have narrowed down who we are allowed to talk to about this subject to an extremely small group. And this very small group has a major flaw when it comes to eschatology and is dispensational theology. And I believe that, you know, in some of the best preachers, in my opinion, some of the most godly men who are leading many people to Christ, some of the best theologians who do a wonderful job expounding the scriptures are people who would consider themselves dispensational to a certain extent. But, you know, all of a sudden, those same people who are so good in all these other things, when it comes to the, set, the subject of eschatology, they lose their ability to rightly divide when it comes to that subject. And the errors of dispensationalism and this love affair with the pre-trib doctrine and Zionism has caused many good men to hit a brick wall when it comes to their study of the Bible. And as a result, they are now ignoring so much scripture and they've twisted so many scriptures so bad to protect those pet doctrines, they've lost their ability to defend even more important doctrines like salvation from the heretics and from the Calvinists. And so some men who preach the gospel as clearly as anyone all of the sudden end up looking like buffoons when they go up against Calvinists with their interpretation of Romans 9. Their position on Israel has made them incapable of accepting an accurate interpretation of Romans 9. And Romans 9 debunks Calvinism. And the problem is many would rather move their position on salvation than their position on the rapture or Israel. And I believe when it comes to this subject of eschatology, that the IFB is in no position to have a cancel culture attitude without looking like hypocrites 
because they have this massive beam in their eye of dispensationalism. And so if you want to learn the truth about eschatology, you're not going to find it in your average independent fundamental Baptist church. And just so you know, I don't believe I have the truth or the uh, you know market cornered when it comes to myself, but I do believe that it is something that uh, I know a lot about, and it is something, too, that I am open to still learning some things. I believe there is still much to learn. Look at prophecy that has been fulfilled already, and most people didn't see it coming, or at least it didn't come in the way that they thought they would. I don't believe that this is a subject that any of us have all the answers to, and I think it's very arrogant for us to act like we do, but I do think it's something that we ought to be able to talk about. I think there are some areas where we need to explore a little bit, and we need to have some discussions, but in this cancel culture mentality that we have, you are not allowed to talk about anything unless you are regurgitating the party line talking points that I am afraid are greatly and provably flawed. So we've got to watch out for that. So just because someone's right on salvation, that does not mean they're right on end times. And just because somebody gets something right on end times, it doesn't mean that they're not still a heretic. And so I say all this to say when it comes to eschatology, I am willing to listen and hear out someone else's position, even if they aren't like me, because those like me have proven themselves unreliable when it comes to this subject. So there are many aspects of end times I am willing to agree to disagree on. I'm willing to listen to what the other side has to say. I'm also willing to learn about different positions from the people who actually hold those positions and not someone who is going to tell me what someone else believes. Baptists have also proven unreliable in their representations of other people's positions. It is very rare that you find someone who is honest in their representation of someone else's position. So I would rather hear it from the individual. And I have been shocked over the years at how disagreements over this subject can become so personal and hostile. I believe it shows insecurity and pride. When it comes to this subject, like anyone, I have areas where I draw lines and won't allow someone to cross them. And I'm going to share those things with you And if you are a typical independent fundamental Baptist, uh, you probably won't like my lines. But guess what? I don't care. And I want to go on the record and say that I appreciate my pre-trib brothers. I don't hate anyone for being pre-trib. The difference between pre-tribbers and post-tribbers are differences that we should be able to live with. Where the Bible clearly teaches we should draw lines, I believe pre-tribbers are within those lines. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Now some will take this verse, and they will say, See, These guys weren't rightly dividing. They were wrong in their eschatology, and they were overthrowing the faith of some. But what was it that was causing them, what was it that they were teaching that caused the faith of some to be overthrown? 
not a bad timing of the rapture in relation to the tribulation, but in saying that the resurrection had already passed. That is a much bigger difference than our, the difference between your pre, mid, and post-tribbers. And I do. People, they will misuse that passage to nail anyone who's different than them on eschatology. But the false teaching was very clear that the resurrection was past. Pre-tribbers, post-tribbers believe in a future resurrection of the dead. I believe you must believe in a future literal and physical resurrection of the dead. If you deny that, that is a line where I will break fellowship. That is a line where I think if you cross that, I would probably call you a heretic. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Right there you see it says, let no man deceive you. And this is about end times. This is very similar to what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Don't let anybody deceive you about the timing of the rapture. Is that what he's saying? No, he's saying, let no man deceive you about the Antichrist. And let me tell you something. Another area where I draw a line is if you claim anyone other than Jesus Christ is the Messiah. If you claim that anyone on this earth is the second coming of Christ, then I think you have crossed the line. When Jesus Christ returns in Matthew chapter 24, it makes it very clear we will know it when he comes. It says in verse 23, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What is he teaching right here? He's telling them false Christ, false messiahs are going to come. And just understand, he's teaching, when Christ comes, he's coming for you. You don't have to go to him. He is coming for you. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Anyone comes along and says, Christ is here, Christ is there, go here, go there to get to Christ, I'm breaking fellowship. They're a heretic. When Jesus Christ returns, we will know it. We won't go to him. He will come to us. And that is something that post-tribbers and pre-tribbers agree on. We are in agreement when it comes to that. There is nothing about pre-trib theology that will get people accepting a man as the Messiah on this earth. So uh, I think this is an area where Again, we can disagree. Don't just take that, let no man deceive you, and apply it to a different teaching other than a teaching that says that some man on earth is the Messiah who is not Jesus. So clearly in the Bible, the typical debate that we see, it was not on the timing of the tribulation versus the resurrection, but there was a big debate on whether or not there was a resurrection. 
In Acts 23, verse 6, but when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope of, and resurrection of the, of the dead, am I called in question? And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say, there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. That was something the Jews fought about, a literal resurrection. We see in 1 Corinthians 15, even in the church, there was a teaching coming in that there was no resurrection of the dead, meaning our physical resurrection. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 12, Paul said, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. And let me tell you, I will not fellowship with someone who denies a literal resurrection of the dead and if they will if they deny a literal return of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 is all about a physical resurrection. And so that is uh, that is something where you can call someone a heretic, where you can call somebody unsaved if they are denying the resurrection of the dead. Pre-tribbers and post-tribbers believe in a resurrection of the dead. So Second Peter three three says, knowing this first, there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Pre-tribbers, post-tribbers, we believe Jesus is coming back. We are looking for that blessed hope. We are looking for the glorious appearing. We're looking for the return of Christ. And so if people are looking for the return of Jesus Christ, if they believe in a literal resurrection of the dead that's going to take place at the coming of Christ, if they know that we are not to accept any man on this earth as Antichrist or as, as the Messiah, I'm sorry, if they know that and if they know that when the Messiah does return that he will come for us, we don't need to go for him, then you know what? We ought to be able to get along pretty good. These are the areas where the Bible is very specific, very dogmatic. You must believe in these things, and pre-tribbers are solid when it comes to this type of thing, these teachings. We should be able to have conversations about the tribulation, about the unfolding of certain events, how it's going to play out, what it's going to look like, what certain things mean. There, there's a lot of conversations we ought to be able to have some discussion about and hopefully sharpen each other up. And in September 27, 2014, that was the day I marked in my calendar when I became post-trib. Did you know I was saved and a decent person who loved the Lord, who loved the Bible before that? And if someone wants to break fellowship with me over this issue, I believe they have every right to do that. I believe in Christian liberty. No one has to fellowship with me. I can also understand someone who maybe is dealing 
with division in their church over this issue. Maybe they're going to want to keep distance from me. But if someone claims they won't fellowship with me just because they believe my position on this means I'm not saved or a heretic or dangerous or whatever, that person is just ignorant of the scriptures or maybe they're ignorant about what people like myself actually teach. I am amazed at some of the things I have been accused of teaching, things that have never even crossed my mind. Again, if you're someone who misrepresents my position, forgive me when I do not take you serious when I hear you talking about someone else's position. It is very important that we are right and that we are honest when we are talking about other people's positions like that or you completely discredit yourself. And I do. I think this subject is one we should be able to have some civil conversations about, some healthy disagreement, but in most of your IFB world, that is just not the case. Most people's eschatology is not based on Bible, but on speculation based on that's come from years of brainwashing from books on eschatology. Everyone claims they got their position from the Bible, but let me give you a few reasons that I don't believe you. First off, none of us got to where we are today just from the Bible. We've all been influenced by books and charts or people who wrote things about the Bible. Now, just because we've been influenced by charts and books, that doesn't mean we're wrong on what we believe. But many have never actually taken the time to actually study out and determine what parts of their positions are based on clear teaching and what is based on speculation speculation from people's opinions about tough Bible passages. And on this program, it's my goal to be dogmatic where the Bible's dogmatic. And I hope to always remember to make that clear when I'm just speculating or giving my opinion. My opinion is not Bible. And I'm not starting this podcast because I believe I have all the answers. I'm starting it because I believe I've only scratched the surface. I believe there are large portions of scriptures that have been ignored and areas that haven't been explored. At least in the independent fundamental Baptist world, I have not heard these things even spoken of. And because of the fact that we have built this brick wall called dispensationalism that has caused many things to be hidden from our eyes, I want to break down that wall and get people talking about some things that the Bible says a lot about. And I believe if we do this, it will make all the difference in the world. It will help us be more consistent in our Bible interpretation. And so be ready. There's a lot of stuff that I have planned uh, to talk about. Subjects that I'm telling you are the Bible is full of Scripture about these subjects. You will find out you know very little about these things because they're just not talked about in Baptist churches. What was the significance of the triumphal entry of Christ on that Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago? What were they supposed to be doing when they rebuilt the temple after the Babylonian captivity? God gave them some instructions. They had a job that they were supposed to do, And it so happens Jesus was checking up on how they had done with that job. Do you know the specifics of that? Have you you ever studied that? You ever looked into that? How about the parables? Have you only ever heard those parables 
used for life application principles, which is not wrong to do. But have you ever actually studied why Jesus was giving those parables to who he was giving them to, what he was trying to teach them in that day and that time? Have you ever looked at Bible prophecy from the Old Testament and asked yourself this very simple question? What did this mean to those people in that day? Did you know not all prophecy is about events that are still in the future for us? Much Bible prophecy is about things that were fulfilled a long time ago, but some people have taken those things and made all prophecy about things in the future, and it has greatly messed up their thinking on a lot of things. So we've got a lot of things we're going to explore. Uh, I've got several guests that I am hoping to have on, and I would encourage you, again, if you can help me get the word out about this, That will be a great blessing to me. Make sure you like, subscribe, whatever it is. Help me get the word out about this podcast. And I'm going to do my best uh, to put out content regularly that will be a help and a blessing that will be educational. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how the Lord uses this. So thank you so much for watching this very first episode. Stay with me. Keep watching, and I believe you will be blessed. Be looking tomorrow for another episode of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. God bless you.